Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. I want to talk to you guys about the day that a supermarket worker changed the world. We're talking this happened thousands and thousands of years ago. I want to read from you in Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jephro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then God said, do not come near, take off your havianas off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. There's this crazy moment where Moses is a shepherd, he's working in a business, in an industry, in a way, and in a format of something that had been very foreign to him. You have to understand that this guy grew up in the household of the most powerful family in the known world at the time. He is in Pharaoh's house. Due to his actions, attacking and killing an Egyptian, trying to look after a Hebrew slave, he's had to run and flee for his life. He has now been a shepherd for a long time. There's one thing you have to understand about being a shepherd from Moses' point of view in his context. In his context at his time, he had done the reverse of the famous hip-hop song. Started at the bottom, now we hit. Started at the bottom, now the whole team hit. No, Moses started at the top, now we hit. Started at the top, now the whole team hit. He is a peasant. He is a shepherd. There is nothing more despised in the culture, in the context that he grew up in than being a shepherd. There is nothing more despised, more based than this. And so Moses in this moment is doing this job and he is kind of like gone from the top. Now he's at the bottom. And while he's shepherding, he sees this amazing thing that captures his sight. You know what the great thing is about lockdown? Is actually we're not rushing anywhere anymore. I wonder how many times we missed moments we could have had with God because we just didn't stop. We didn't stop to take in the sight. I wonder how many projects, how many great influences of creativity we never created because we never stopped to take in the surroundings around us. Moses turns aside to see this bush. I mean, what would happen if he didn't turn aside? Because it says that God spoke to him because he saw that he turned aside. Would like, would the people of Israel still be in captivity if Moses hadn't turned aside? Wow, that's a crazy kind of thought. And then God calls out Moses, Moses. And then Moses has the charismatic experience. He has the charismatic experience. You know, this is a burning bush. We talk about burns. Every Christian loves a good burn. I'm going to this burn, going to that burn. Here's the thing about burn. At a burn, you can encounter God in a way where you respond to God. Here I am. Moses says a very unique word, hineni. Um, if you want to check it out, go on SoundCloud and search for Watch Me Whip, Watch Me Hineni. We've got a three-part series on that word. It is fire. Yes, look at that. These emojis. Oh, guys, these emojis are amazing. Keep on throwing up emojis that fit with the talk. You guys are killing it. So he had this moment where he encountered God and he says this Hebrew word, Hineni, which we translate in English as here I am. This isn't an English class. It's not like Smith here, Moses here. 
Adeyemi here. That's not what's happening. That's not what's happening. When Moses says, here I am, in Hebrew, he is saying the word Hineni. Watch me, watch me, Hineni. He's saying, I'm fully signed up. I'm fully in. Whatever this is, whatever's going on, I'm fully committed and I'm in with it. Regardless of whatever this is, I'm fully involved. That's what Moses says, Hineni. And in that moment, God says, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you're standing is holy. Guys, I want you to know we're standing on holy ground right now. Some of us didn't know it. Moses didn't realize that ground was holy. Nothing had changed. That ground is always holy. The whole earth is holy unto the Lord. But Moses became aware of it. A couple of weeks back, we could have talked about walking into a supermarket. And I've seen people talk to supermarket staff like they're trash throughout the years. Looking back, I've seen some really weird scenarios. One came to mind then, I realized it's not good for Instagram Live. It's inappropriate. But hey, I've seen supermarket staff being treated really badly. It's almost like now when you walk in, it's like there's this awareness that the ground that you're walking is holy. There's this awareness of, of us because of the situation we're in at this time that we realize how sacred these people are working there, keeping our country going. It's like we have a Hineni moment. We have a moment where we realize the ground of the world around us is holy to the Lord and the Lord is doing something amazing and these people are precious. Moses is in a place that was always holy, but he became aware of it in that moment. And you and I are just starting to become aware of the holy, sacred place that the supermarket is in this time. Do not come near. Take off your Havianas for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Moses has said, I'm fully surrendered. I'm fully in. I'm fully signed up to whatever it is, God, that you're doing in this moment. I'm in. And then he's going to spend the rest of the conversation trying to give all the reasons of why he's out. Because God goes, I've heard the cry of my people in Egypt and their suffering. Jeez. I have heard the cry of my people and their suffering in Egypt. Egypt was a pretty soft spot. It was a painful area for Moses. He left all of that behind. He's now doing this job, which would have been something to his very nature, would have been despised and base. And now he's in this moment, this religious, spiritual moment of epiphany. He's encountered the burning bush. He's fully in. He's, he's responding at that conference like we do in a burn, like, yes, Lord, send me. I'm fully involved. Hineni, here I am. And now he wants to backtrack as God starts saying, man, I want to send you to go speak to Pharaoh. We're going to deliver my kids. We're going to bring them home. And then Moses starts giving every single reason why he shouldn't be in. Oh, I'm not good at speaking. Don't worry about that. There's Aaron. He starts pulling out all the stops of how he can get uninvolved in this, that he won't be the one who's going to get sent. He's trying to, he's trying to back off out of it. And then Moses said to God in verse 13 of chapter 3, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your father sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to him? What shall I say to him? This is a crazy thing. It's almost like through the suffering and slavery, the name of God has become ambiguous. They've forgotten his identity. They've forgotten who he is. And God says to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the children of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Wow. I am has sent me to you. I am who I am. You see, what we do is we kind of treat it like the 
When we talk about that as Christians, the, the theologians uh, and those who care about doctrine and things like that, they will say that I am who I am. It's God saying I am the same yesterday, today and forevermore. It's the perpetual unchanging nature of God and his character. But actually what the rabbis will say to you is I am who I am is saying I will reveal who I am to you by my actions. Then throughout the rest of the Old Testament, God starts revealing himself in different names. That he is your healer, that he is your provider, that he is your refuge. And, and he's saying to Moses, I want you to find out who I am. I want you to explore and express. I'm going to reveal to you who I am and how I deliver this people. Jeez. I really believe that maybe at this time in, in lockdown that God is saying, I am who I am. I want you to find out who I am in your experience, in your encounter with me. I want to deliver you in the situation you're in right now. I want to be with you. I don't want to just give you some idea of some 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 theological concept. I want you to encounter me for yourselves, that I am salvation, that I am all these different things, that you can call me by these things. And so then Moses has been spending his whole time trying to back out of this now uh, and trying to talk himself out of this situation. But then God starts to, to, to ask him a very simple question. And it's a very simple question that I want you and I to really hone in on this morning. Is Then Moses answered in Exodus chapter 4, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, they will say, I want to pause for a moment. How many times did you not step into a God dream for your life? How many times did you not try and achieve or do something because of what they will say? Let me tell you where you can put they will say. What they will say is never going to hold me back for achieving what God wants to do in my life. What they will say about me? No, 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 no. Never let what they will say hold you back. Never let what they will say be a hindrance. Who cares what they will say? All that matters is that when Jesus comes back, that he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Bun what they will say. It's irrelevant what they will say. But Moses said, they will say the Lord did not appear to you. And the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it and it became a staff in his hand. This is a painful conversation, I guess, because you see... Most preachers, when they look at this text, they'll say this to you, what is in your hand right now? And they'll start talking to you maybe about your talents, your skills set, your ability, your personality, your sphere of influence, your money. They'll talk about the assets, the characteristics we have that God wants to use. And you know what? That's completely true. He wants to use all of that stuff. It's just that's not actually what's happening in this text. He says, what's in your hand? Moses is holding a staff. He's holding his uniform. He's holding what it means to be a shepherd. And we're going to follow on with this text. I'm going to highlight in a minute why that's really, really important. Put out your hand, catch it by the tail. He put it by the hand, caught it, it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you again. And then what happens is a little bit further on in this, he goes and speaks to Jethro, his father-in-law, about all these things. And the last thing that God tells him to do in verse... 17 of chapter 4 of Exodus is he says and take in your hand this staff which you shall do the signs that he's saying you're going to go to Egypt you're going to do these things you need to take the staff Moses by the way do not forget this staff you are taking this staff with you now you have to understand something that is un 
believable about this passage. It says in verse 20, so Moses took his wife and his sons after chatting to his father-in-law, he rode them on a donkey, went back to the land of Egypt, and Moses took the staff of God in his hand. Moses took the staff of God in his hand. I want to, I want to point out something a bit strange about this that maybe you haven't noticed before. Moses takes a staff for being a shepherd with him back and, and, and let's, let's, let's be real about this for a moment. He's going to speak to Pharaoh. He's going to ask Pharaoh to let God's people go. Pharaoh is the most powerful man in the known world at that time. He's also a man who believes he's the living embodiment of the God Ra among the people. He believes he's God. This is, this is, Moses is going to speak to like a Kim Jong-un, but with way more power and credibility. He's going to go speak to him, and he's going to go speak to him carrying a staff in his hand, like he's a shepherd without any sheep because he's leaving he's not taking his father's sheep with him he's going to be a shepherd without a sheep going to the most powerful man in the world and when he rocks up the bible says that god hardened pharaoh's heart i can tell you exactly how he hardened his heart it's simple it's this staff he's carrying this staff in his hand he's going to go to the most powerful man in the world and he's going to rock up wearing either his morrison's aldi little sainsbury's or tesco or asda uniform like most people, if you did that kind of a job and you're going to meet a world leader, you just put a suit on, you'd go there and just start talking about these great ideas that you have and all this kind of stuff. Moses is going to the most powerful man in the known world and he is rocking up with his, his Sainsbury's uniform still on. I love Sainsbury's, by the way. Morrison's till I die, but I still love Sainsbury's. Got a lot of love for those guys. But when you're going to Pharaoh, who believes he's God, rocking up in your supermarket uniform Oh my gosh, this is not the kind of thing you want to be doing, Moses. The one thing I would have been begging God to leave behind. Lord, can I leave this uniform? Could you like give me some new threads? Could we kind of rock up like I'm some mysterious prophet? Do I really have to go there looking like a peasant shepherd to the most powerful man in the world and ask him to let your people go? Can we can we change this a little bit? Can we chop and can we can we can we pivot on this? Is is it negotiable? Man, I want to pause for a moment right here, right now, because you see, pastors always ask the question, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? And they talk about the great things about you, the good things and the strong things about you. I want us to pause for a moment. I want us to realize what is in your hand. What regret are you holding onto right now that you think is holding you back, but actually it's going to set people free? I want to ask you, what sin is it in your life that's caused you so much damage inside what is it you're holding in your hand that causes you pain? What is it you're holding in your hand that causes you shame? What is it you're holding that's holding you back? What are those dead dreams that never came to pass that are just killing you inside? What is in your hand this morning? What is in your hand? Because I honestly believe it's that that's in your hand that God wants to use to liberate a people. I believe it's that the failure and the sin. You want to know what the Bible says? The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The one thing that all people have in common is their sin. All people have that in common. Our sin is what we hold in common. You know what? Sometimes Christians, when sharing the gospel, we kind of push forward this great sugar-coated image, but it's interesting how to liberate millions of people. God sends Moses with his regret, with his failure, with his hurt with his despair and God uses that to liberate millions of slaves from Egypt. How profound. Years ago, I love this story, it's a very precious story for me. Years ago, I was on a missions trip in, in Canada and I got so sick, I was so sick. 
And there was one thing I was looking forward to is I was really looking forward to going and sharing with these kids. It's like the roughest native reserve in Canada. It was like crazy. The abuse these kids have been through was, was oh my gosh, just thinking about it now makes me want to cry. Uh, and I had the opportunity to go and preach the gospel there. I was so sick that the Sunday morning, and I was speaking in the Sunday afternoon, in the church I was sitting in, I was visiting, I passed out. I collapsed forward, and my head was on the chair in front of me. I'd, I'd passed out. And apparently the missionaries I was with were like, okay, yeah, he's really sick, and he's, he's gone like that, he's just resting. But if he hits the floor, you know, then we'll take him home or whatever and try and call the doctor and that. Now... I couldn't hit the floor because I was stuck. I'd literally passed out. I wasn't with it at all. I was that ill. They put me in bed when I got back and I was in bed and I woke up just before I was meant to, like enough time to go and speak to these kids. And they were like, oh, you know, maybe you should cancel, you should pull out. And I was like, this is the one thing I've been looking forward to more than anything. I'm definitely going to speak to these kids. And I felt like God wanted me to. So I went there. I couldn't like stand up and preach like I do at City Hill or another place I go. I was like I am now sitting on a chair, but crazy sick. At one point, I literally thought while I was speaking, I was about to like keel over and just collapse on the floor and pass out. I'm not even kidding. I started sharing the gospel with these kids. And you know what I did? I took testimony. I took testimony of my failures, of my sin, of my, of my shame and the parts of me that were broken. And I started to share that with this room full of kids. And it was the weirdest environment I've ever been in. It was a crazy environment. You know when you're at school and the hymn sheets like that, that you sing in choir practice are just rustling, that rustling sound of the paper just constantly in the background, just rustling everywhere. It was that kind of a sound, but there was no paper in the room. These kids have been like abused and, and treated so badly that they were just constantly fidgeting, constantly rustling, 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 rustling. And I got through the talk and at the end I was like, oh man, I should have stayed in bed. This was a disaster. This sucked. The missionary who did the children's work there came up to me and he said, Andy, I've literally never seen those kids listen to anything like they listened to that. That was incredible. And I was like, what? I thought that sucked. But he was like, that was incredible. You know what? I went home. I went to sleep. And when I went to sleep that day, I woke up the next morning, we were chilling at the missionary's house, we did a few bits piece, I felt a little bit better, and the phone rang. And, and so they picked up the phone, and they're like, it's, it's for Andy, what? So they called me over, and on the end of the phone was this, this native teenage girl. And um, as I got the phone, I was waiting for the small talk, she goes, is it true? I was like, is what true? She says, is what you said true? I was like, yeah, it's true. She's like, how do I receive that forgiveness? And so we talked on the phone, and we prayed and she asked God to forgive her of her sins. And, and we invited the Holy Spirit to come and to fill her and to make her whole. Now this girl had been so badly abused by family members and so many men in her community. It was horrific. But something supernatural happened and she encountered the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. And she was completely transformed. Completely transformed. The next... A few days later, she's at the Bible study, sitting there just listening to everything we're saying. She's getting involved. Her whole life went from irrevocably broken to irrevocably healed in a moment. And it wasn't because someone stood in front of her telling them how great they are. It was by someone going, this is what's in my hand. This is my sin. This is my shame. This is my failure. And yet God healed me. That's the gospel. The gospel isn't how great we are. The gospel is how broken we are and how great our God is. And the gospel is that he chooses, according to Corinthians, the foolish things, the base things, the simple things of this world to baffle the wise and the strong. 
Moses goes to the most powerful man in the known world, fresh clocking off of his shift at the supermarket, wearing his uniform. He's got his shepherd staff in hand, going to the most powerful man in the known world. That's who our God is. That's who our God is. And at this time, you see, some of us, we didn't realize, we go like, who knew? Who knew supermarkets were key workers? Who knew dustmen were key workers? They've been key workers the whole time. That's never changed. That's never, never changed. They've always been key workers. They've always been essential. But we hadn't trod on holy ground like Moses did. And all of a sudden you start to realize the supermarket is such a sacred place. I want to encourage you this week, if you go to the supermarket, show some love. Maybe tell a member of staff there if you see him. My church is praying for you. We're praying for you. You guys are amazing. You guys are heroes. Encourage someone. Encourage someone. I want to tell you, these guys are stepping on holy ground just in the same way that Moses did. God took a peasant shepherd and liberated the captives. God wants to take peasants like me and you and bring liberation to all mankind. I'm going to pray for us today. I really hope that blessed you guys. I really want you to know you're walking on holy ground all the time. You may be aware, may not be aware, but you are meeting people all the time who are in the presence and in the image of God. We just don't realize it. We're not aware of it until we have that burning bush moment. May this be a burning bush moment for you. May you realize the sacred nature of every human being you come into contact with in Jesus' name. And may God use our pain and our brokenness. Don't come to people with your goodness. They don't care. Come to God with your broken nature. And I want to encourage you, check out on SoundCloud, watch me whip, watch me Hineni, amazing series that we did, three parts on the three times that word appears in the Bible. I'm going to pray for us and that is it for today. Father God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you you take peasant shepherds like Moses and bring the most powerful men in the world to their knees. I thank you you take peasant shepherds and you liberate two million people. I thank you, God, that this waste man here you sent to Canada and a young native girl who'd been abused her whole life was released from her slavery because Jesus died on the cross for her sins, forgiving her and making her whole. I thank you that, Lord, you don't leave us as orphans. You don't leave us as alone, but you adopt us into your family and that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you come and live and transform us from the inside out, that we all can have our burning bush, Hineni moment. Lord, we don't want to experience a burn, an encounter with your Holy Spirit for the sake of it. We want to experience it like Moses, that you would call us to do above and beyond anything we could ask, think or imagine possible, that we could see others liberated around us in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you're here for the first time, City Hill London, we meet in a number of locations. Check out our website, cityhill.london. We've got an app you can download. It's incredible. It's a great way for us to connect and to stay in touch with all that's happening. And also, if you're a supermarket worker, please, please let us know. Send us a DM. We want to give you a Just Eat voucher. We want to bless you because you're a hero. You're an absolute hero, just like Moses was a hero. And you're an absolute legend. And I just want to say thank you so much on behalf of everyone to sit here for what you do and on behalf of our nation, you are incredible, credible guys and we're giving away those vouchers today. If anyone who's at City Hill who's in here right now and knows someone who's come online that is a supermarket worker, send me a DM and I'd love to give them a gift voucher to go. Guys, be blessed. Next Sunday is all about the NHS. NHS, we're gonna give away some Just Eat vouchers, which is even more awesome for them because Just Eat gives them an extra 20% off. So they'll get a gift voucher and then they'll even get money off their food as well. So get thinking this week of what NHS staff you know that you can invite. We'll put up some posts that you can just tag people in. I'll put up the image probably on Monday or Tuesday. Tag NHS workers in it. 
We want to bless them. And just like this word, we had a word in season for supermarket workers. Um, we're going to have a word in season for NHS workers next week. It's going to be off the chain. Love you all. Stay blessed. Stay safe. Two meters. That's, I don't know, what, 20 Bibles apart? Ha <laughs> ha. enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london